Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is sponsored by the Science Ambassador Scholarship, a full-ride scholarship for a woman. I'm going to say that again. A full-ride scholarship for a woman. I can't say the word woman today. Yes, you can. Why do I have an accent? Full-ride, beep-beep. <laughs> <laughs> toot, toot, choo, choo. For a lady in science, technology, engineering, or math, funded by Cards Against Humanity, in a month, applications close. In a month, the deadline happens. So get in your applications before December 11th, and maybe you could win a full ride. Scienceambassadorscholarship.org. Toot toot. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Feeling shut out. Slash Obama is in town. Obama's in town for jury duty! town for fucking jury duty. Dad's home! Dad, get in here. Come on in for a hug. Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. So, Jen, it's Obama Day. It's Obama Day. Hey, folks out there in Chicago, did you feel a little a little tap on your shoulder this morning? A little a, warm breeze? A little, <laughs> a little soft whisper near that said, hey, it's going to be okay. Yeah, it's because Obama is in town. Papa's pa- Papa's back. Papa's and in town. He's here and he's wrapping his arms around us, the whole city. Mm. And he's going to keep us safe for a few minutes. Mm. I feel the warm Hawaiian sunshine radiating out of his smile. Touched by an angel. It's just a good day for America today, Jen. It, it, oh my God, yeah, it totally is. Yeah. I was about to say, no, it's probably not. But then I remembered... So there actually has been some good news this week. <laughs> something actually good. I actually slept through the night for once. Oh, I'm so happy for you. It's been about a year. And yeah. I'm finally... It's like almost exactly a year since I've had a bowel movement. <laughs> We've, um, we're finally able to relax our rectums and have a full, uh, full blast bowel movement because today is Wednesday, November 8th, 2017. And yesterday was an election day in most of the country. And a lot of good things happened. Um, our first ever um, openly transgender legislature le- legislator yep. was uh, uh, elected to office, which is insane and wonderful and perfect. For the first time in 12 months, my jaw unclenched. Oh. I stopped gritting my teeth. Oh, wow. It's like, oh, my tension headaches kind of gone. I mean, half of my molars are ground down to the gum, but <laughs> but at least it's done. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I'm not... Going to speak too soon. I mean, obviously, horrible things can happen to today. We're not going to get smug. No. But we are going to take this victory. Right. We're not going to get cocky on our laurels. Uh, but I think that we can fully enjoy taking finally one relaxed breath in our lives. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. My anus is a little less puckered. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry, Trin. No, I'm Sorry thrilled. I, said that. I love when you get a little bit uh, salty. Yeah, when you get a little blue. Get a little, get a little icky. It's good. <laughs> Speaking of icky and icky feelings, today we're going to be talking about feeling shut out for various reasons, and this is a feeling that I think is fairly common. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. But you know, dealing with it, I think, is is a lifelong struggle and something that you have to work on forever. You know, right? Yes. Absolutely. We get so many versions of this, I feel left out or I feel abandoned by my yes. friends question. Yes. And there's all different reasons to be shut out and feel left out. Should we do it? 
I wanted to like I was like maybe we should talk about times that we felt shut out. I was like who gives a shit? Let's just fucking <laughs> read it. Well, I have a couple examples, but I think we can get to them. Okay. In Good. the answers, cool. Jen is pulling me along like a tugboat, and I am the uh, like very large seven-ton barge that's oh, being tugged behind it. her. Yeah, Trin doesn't feel well today, but you wouldn't tell by the brightness of her smile and the glowy rose in her cheeks. The only reason that I have either of those things is because I've spent the last fifteen minutes in a locked room with Jen. So it's oh. <laughs> true. Do you want to read the first question? I do. I really do. Hit it, Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> I've been in my current friend group for about seven years. We used to play a lot of board games, go to bars, talk politics or pop culture, etc. Life got in the way a little bit. Some people had babies. Other people just moved. So new people have joined the group. Let me preface this by saying these are lovely people. I think each of them is funny and interesting and genuinely good. But they're theater kids. Ugh. They're all... They're all involved in improv, they riff off each other constantly, and there are endless inside jokes, and all the conversations very quickly get dominated by these two to four people. I can talk with them one-on-one, but I feel like I'm pushed to the side constantly in group settings. It feels more and more like this is their friend group now, and I'm just a hanger-on. Any advice on what I should do? Should I try to keep engaging? Should I just skip some events if I know I'm going to be miserable? Can I buy everyone a puppy so at least we have something in common to talk about? Oh, my God. Boy, do I relate to this question. Oh, God. When we were reading, because as as everybody knows, we talk about our process. Jen and I sat down for a little while talking about this question. And Jen, what was that amazing sentence that you said at 1040 a.m. today? Trin timestamped it. This is what I said with a lot of exasperation. Some people are just their own parade. Yeah, they are. They are the floats. They are the the clowns. They, they are the marching band. They are the gigantic inflated Garfield face yeah. in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. They they like they're like the grand marshal of the parade. And they're also like the marching band and they're on the float and they're in the fire truck. And it's like, oh, my God, you are in every piece of this parade. This is just a parade about you. They don't just toot their own horn. They are the horn itself. <laughs> and they are tooting directly into themselves. You are surrounded by people who are very performative. And especially when they are together, they probably fucking turn it on. I mean, you said they were OK one on one. Like they you get along with them one on one. But man, if you get them all together, it's like it's like watching dolphins playing. It's like, oh, well, my God, they're just. <laughs> Oh, whoa. Okay, I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm clearly not part of this. I know the feeling. I so know how this feels. So, question. Do you enjoy them at all? Yeah, do you find their antics funny ever? Like, are you are you always shut off to the side, or do you actually enjoy it? Because I have been in this situation before. Actually, I find myself in this situation often because I'm so introverted, and we work with comedians so often, Trin. But I will say, I don't mind it so much because I feel like they're doing the work for me. And I actually find these people genuinely funny. That said, it's not like I'm around them every day. There's not many moments where I'm like, oh, my God, I I feel so shrunk and small here. I have felt that way around certain groups. But I guess my question is, is their company enjoyable to you at all? I totally agree with you, Jen, because it's like there's a certain amount of sometimes it's it's interesting to watch the harmony between those people when when they're on their fun self stage. Yeah. When like the spotlight shines on them. Right. But if you are made to feel small and not a part of things over and over and over again, that's not great. I mean, it could be just that they think that you're having a good time. Like they could just think that this is your dynamic, that you enjoy when they make jokes and stuff. So if you're laughing along and if you're kind of 
I'm, I'm not trying to put blame on you, but it's one of those things that we've talked about where the situation is going to change. The situation that they understood for a long time is they are the hired comedians. And, <laughs> they're and the talent. They're the talent. Yeah. And, and you are the art director and you are enjoying everything that's happening. I think that the first step is to make it a little more clear that this is not a comfortable situation for you, um, which is very hard, especially for women who are taught to laugh along. Um, even if it's not funny, like don't make a scene. You can have a straight face. You don't have to laugh at jokes that you don't enjoy. God, such good advice, Trin. Yeah. You have permission not to fucking laugh. You do. Yeah. Especially if the jokes are offensive. Yeah. And uh, and often people will be taken aback by this because they don't quite understand why somebody's not politely laughing. Yeah. And why aren't you smiling? And then they sometimes will stop. That's true. Sometimes <laughs> they'll get the cues. Right. Because performers feed off an audience. We do a lot of live shows at work and the show is always better the more engaged the audience is because it makes the performers feel good and feel like they want to keep going. Try to make them feel like they should not keep going. That's a good piece of advice. I didn't even think of that, Trin. Yeah, I mean, I just want to reiterate again what you're feeling sucks. Oh, and, yeah. And it's so common. Okay. So Trin said we do a lot of live shows. So let me put in perspective Trin and I's role in these live shows. Trin is, uh, people, when they're like, oh, you got a Cards Against Humanity live tonight? Like, who's, are you performing? I'm like, no, I'm not performing. I'm the <laughs> photographer. Trin, are you performing? Oh, yeah, Trin's the host. Trin's got theater experience. Are we performing? No. No. We're no. organizing. We're, we're taking the photos. Yeah. We're making sure there's not a bad crowd in the lobby. We are not the performers. We are the people behind the scenes making the show happen. Right. Even when I'm hosting and I'm on stage, it's less that I'm making the jokes or performing and more that I'm facilitating our comedy associates to do their actual job. Right. You were setting yeah. up the pins and they're not going to. Yeah. Bow. Yeah. Right. Like before the show, when they're all the like improv improvisers are getting ready and like doing warmups and stuff. I really enjoy watching them do it because I have my camera and I have a job to do and I find them very entertaining. That said, we're at work when we're doing that. So right. it's like it's a scene that I'm opting into. But this can also relate to the situation that the asker is talking about, because there are other ways to be involved in uh, the friend show than, <laughs> uh, than just as an audience member. Right. Um, like, I'm sure you've tried this already, but I'm going to say it just in case. Um, again, here on Friendshiping, we always assume that our askers have done a little bit of work, but it's always good to say it just in case. Um, maybe you want to be a part of it. Like, maybe it's time for you to, like, listen really carefully and chime in where you can. And one of the amazing things about Jen is that she has a very dry sense of humor. So when we're in a big group of like really loud people with really wet senses of humor, <laughs> um, when she talks, she always is funny because she says very seldom dry comments. And that's like her role in like the group. And it's, and it's a really awesome way for her to kind of participate in the more uh, theatrical personalities Thank around us. Thank you. It's very true. You do this on panels, too. It's like when you talk, it's always good. Thank you so much. That is such a glowing compliment. You could be like this, Asker. Maybe that's you. And it will feel hard at first. I have been on many panels, and for the first 10 of them, I was like, I hate this, and I'm so bad at this. Oh, I wasn't even, I didn't even like doing friendshipping for the first 10 episodes. Now I love it. Now it's like the light of my life, and I look forward to it, and I'll switch my calendar around to like spend time with Trent in the studio. Aww. But at first, I was like, oh, microphones. Uh. <laughs> so what I'm saying, it will be hard, and you will feel, this is what you'll feel like. You'll feel like you're going, and I'm here, too. <laughs> That's what it'll feel like. But 
practice makes perfect. <laughs> and I'm here too. Yeah, I and and I think that that's relevant in that like it will take you a little time to find your groove in your place. And maybe that's where you are right now. It could very well be that. It could be that you're beyond this and you're like, okay, I need to shut this down. But for now, see if you can find your footing. And if your friends are good performers and they're kind, they will welcome you in. They will laugh at your jokes. They will riff off of you. What they will not do is be like, what? Or like, like, whoa, that was so unexpected. Like, whoa, it's so weird that you're participating. You're an audience member. If they're good and kind, they will. And if they're good improvisers. Yes. They will be great audience members when you chime in. Yes. And (laughs) that is true. I didn't have anything to add. It was, yes, you did. I did not. But the other thing that you can do. So I, uh, I have my cousin's husband and his brother. They're very funny people. And they, they like, I hang out with them sometimes and they'll have a party or whatever. But they're always like, uh, they do the onstage thing together. And I learned that I hate it. And I shut it down. I love that. And I, one time I had to actually say to them, like, hey, guys, is this the Mike and Johnny show or like, are we all going to hang out together? Right. And I mean, sometimes you want to be like, hey, can you like shut up? Yeah. And I mean, and you do. And it was really like I just threw a bucket of cold water on them and it was very awkward and, and uncomfortable for 10 seconds. But then it was fine. So if you can live with the awkwardness in the way that I can, feel free to just shut those motherfuckers down. I do love that. Absorb those 10 seconds of awkward and let them make you more powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that one. Um, it's uh, I forgot what her name is. Um, the, so there's a super villain in Supergirl who uh, used to be the uh, the journalist at Catco who got struck by lightning in the helicopter. And then she absorbed the lightning and became like shocker. Or I forgot what the name her, her name is. I hope her is. name isn't the shocker. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> oh, no. Lightning girl. Yeah. Okay. So lightning girl. So be lightning girl. Absorb the awkward as though it is like megabits from the universe and let it power you to be like He-Man. You I know? love that. With the sword. So, you know, here's here's my like my internal dilemma my entire life. I want to have a good time and I also want to be a total killjoy. <laughs> And I feel that you're struggling with this as well. Yes. <laughs> the other thing is like, so the, the asker mentioned, like, should I just not do this? Should I just skip some you events? You said if they make me miserable, then yeah, yeah, skip. Don't do anything that makes you miserable. Yeah. Unless, unless it's like, you know, going to the doctor and taking care of yourself. Like that stuff sucks. But this is right. not, you do not have to endure this. This is not getting a finger up your butt for health. This is completely uh, voluntary and you do not have to volunteer to do this. Yeah. I mean... Here's here's what it comes down to. Some people will energize you and some people will drain you. These people sound like they're draining you. Sometimes those people are great in doses. Yeah, I was totally going to say, like, maybe see them, maybe, you know, only see them once a month or every couple months and have it on the calendar so you can you can pump yourself up for those. Like, so you can have like a glass of wine before you go hang out with those people (laughs) or you can like stay in the night before. So you're like, all right, I'm reserving all my introvert energy. Here we go. And I really like that instinct to get everybody a puppy, not just because I want everybody to have a puppy, which I do, but uh, (laughs) finding a common experience, I think, is a really good idea. Setting the stage with something that's not them. So going to see a movie, going to a museum, that if you're all experiencing something at the same time and engaging with it at the same time, it can level that stage playing field. That is such a good, yeah, make them be in the audience for once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're theater dweebs and they don't have to participate in everything. 
Okay? Life's not Little League. Not everybody gets a chance to go to bat. Guys. Guys. I'm sorry. I'm, I was a theater kid, too. But I was the least theater kid of the theater kids. Oh. And so I had to deal with this all the time. Yeah. I can only imagine. All the time. Yeah. I mean, oof. But all in all... One, don't hang out with people that make you miserable. You don't have to do it. This is completely voluntary and you don't have to do that. Two, you can make them shut the fuck up. It'll be awkward, but then they will. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Three, find a way to participate if that's what you're into. Maybe gently see if you can find your footing amongst the group. And then four, see if you can find a different stage that they are not on and have you all experience the action at the same time so nobody's on stage but the people who belong there. Was there anything else? I think that's great. Nailed it. As usual. Mm-hmm. Question two? Yeah, I guess so. Let's do this. All right. Let's go. We're doing great. We're halfway done. Uh, More than halfway done. Are we really? That's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, uh, should, I, should I read it? Yeah, read it. All right. So I have this one friend. We've been friends for nearly 20 years since elementary school. We are each other's best friends, and we used to regularly see each other and talk. Over the past year, we've both had our fair share of struggles. He was diagnosed with some mental health problems that he's getting treatment for, and I came out as ace earlier in this year. I also quit my job, and I've been struggling to find a new direction career-wise, and as a result, I've been in regular bouts of depression that I'm not getting treated for since July. My friend has been doing great since his diagnosis sometime last year, but now we don't spend as much time with each other. There could be a variety of reasons for this. We're both in our late 20s. We both have each other that we need to take care of and want to spend time with. He's got a lot going on between his day job and his hefty creative side job. But we have always made time for each other. And at this point, we haven't seen each other in probably a month. It's been almost that long since we've had any meaningful conversation. I haven't brought any of these feelings to his attention because I worry that it will unnecessarily stress him out. I'm also not a very good feeling sharer in the first place. So my question is, at what point is it okay for me to talk about this? Am I being unreasonable? So. So this is one of those emails we get that actually has all the answers already in it. Yes. (laughs) You've already laid out. You've done a really great job laying out many reasons why someone would not be in contact. Also, I admit I was pretty stunned when you said you haven't had a meaningful conversation in a month. A month is not that long. It's really not that long. The months go by so quickly. I can't even believe it's December. It's not December. It's November. It's November right now. And a second ago, it was May. So like, I don't. (laughs) Like right now, I'm I'm grappling with time itself. And I was a little startled that you said you hadn't had a meaningful conversation in a month. You've been friends for 20 years. You have a lot of trust and understanding because you know a lot about each other and you're like deep personal mental health. That means to me that that level of friendship doesn't need constant checking in. There is a level, a deep level of trust between you two that doesn't require constant conversation. Yeah. And it could be that you are not comfortable with the groove that is being found right now, but you're in your late 20s. This friend, you said he's he's working on his mental health, which is an entire part-time job in itself. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it's a part-time to full-time job. He's got a hefty creative side job. He's got uh, the his main career. He's got other people in his life that he's taking care of. 
you already are answering this. You are not less important to him. It's just that he has a really long list of priorities because he's in his late 20s now. Yeah. And so are you. Yeah. I mean, let me just to like give you some examples of of how common this is. My my current my best friend, Nadia, and I once lived apart for 10 years and maybe saw each other. I don't know, four or five times in those 10 years. And then we were neighbors and now we live apart again. And like there is no end of this friendship in sight. Right, Nadia? <laughs> um, she listens to this. So, That's so cute. So send me an Hi, email. Hi, Nadia. Yeah, Nadia, if, if, I'm, if I'm wrong about this, can you text me? No. <laughs> Na- Nadia, get, send a picture of your cute dog. Oh, yeah. Her Ruby. dog is the one with the ears. The fluffy ears. Oh. That's right. Oh, terrible. I love him. So like friendships can, this happens. This happens when you're nearing 30, when 30 is looming. Mm-hmm. It does. And the only way to maintain friendships for a long time and I mean, we're talking decades long here. So we're talking what you have right now. You have to consistently adjust together. You have to be two planes flying in tandem in the same direction. Top or gun style. Exactly. Top gun style. Jen is happier than I've ever seen her in my entire life. Ah, Jen, I want you to learn how to fly a plane. Oh, I want to so bad. I can't even I imagine. I can't be a fighter pilot because I don't have very good eyesight. Oh. I've looked into it. Aww. Well, what if I fly? Oh, I don't have good eyesight either. What am I Fuck. thinking? I have like I have one googly cross eye <laughs> that can't play well. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> but this won't be the last time that you have to do this, that you have to uh, take a moment and the boat's kind of rocking a little bit. You have to find your sea legs because this is not the last time that the terrain will change. So what's going to happen when you're juggling seeing your grandchildren and like fighting for the last potato ration in the DMZ? Okay. Damn. Like shit's bleak out there. You know, I'm feeling pretty positive because of the election yesterday, yeah. but I, I still haven't let go of my, you know, eternal pessimism. Right. Like, let's be realistic. The, yeah. Realistically, society will collapse in the next 10 years. <laughs> Uh, but God. but but <laughs> your friendship does not have to. Yeah. Society may collapse, but friendships can be internal. I think that's going to be the title. But like you can totally talk to him about this. Absolutely. And you should, because that's the only way to find your, your footing in this friendship. However, you have to remove the negativity and the blame. Like I get the sense from the question. That you think that this is going to be some kind of confrontation where you air your grievances and then there's like feats of strength and you work through it that way and you have to fight your father. No, you don't have a grievance because he's not doing anything wrong. He's living his life. You are too. You said in the question, you listed off all these amazing reasons why you can't see each other. Like all of the best possible reasons why you can't yeah, see your friend. Yeah, listen to that. Yes. I mean, God, would you, would you rather your friend talk to you all the time but also have poor mental health? Oh, my God. Obviously, you want them to prioritize their mental health. Yeah. And you're a good friend, man. Like, you've been there for him through all of these life changes. But you have to start the conversation with something like, here is an idea. I've got Thursdays off for the next couple of weeks. When's your next available Thursday? And not with something like, you never have time for me. And it makes me sad because that's not the truth. It's not the truth. It's not productive. It's not kind or understanding to what could be going on in someone's life. And you know a lot about this person's life and you care a lot about them. And I like what Trin said about adjusting together. Fly together. Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. I'm going to have a morning crunchy. Quack. 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 
quack. Jen, have you ever seen Mighty Ducks? Yeah, I have. Do you know the quack? Yeah, but I'm quack? eating this walnut. Okay, finishing your walnuts, okay. and we have to do this. This is really important okay. to me. Ready? Okay. Wait, hold on. Are you done chewing? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, cool. Wait, well, no. Yeah, yeah. I don't want you to choke on the walnuts. <laughs> We're sharing trail mix this morning. It's very adorable. And very good. Full of uh, omega-3s? Yeah, yeah. All kinds of omegas. Okay. Right. See, I listen when you talk about food. Oh, Jen. <laughs> okay, ready? Quack. 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 Okay, thank you. That made me feel really good. I wasn't allowed to play hockey as a kid because my mom said she spent way too much money on braces for me to get like hit in the face with a puck. But I always wanted to play hockey and Mighty Ducks were a big deal to me. So thank you, Jen, for participating. Oh, yeah, in that. hockey's awesome. It was really, really important. You know, here's something interesting that I only noticed when I reread the question yes. out loud. Yes. Uh, I have been in regular bouts of depressions that I am not getting treated for since July. Whoa, how'd I miss that one? Good yeah. spotting, Trin. You want to know why you missed that? Because this asker just kind of slid it in there. Yeah. Oh, man. Talk about bearing the lead. Right, right, right. It's like, it's like uh, you know how like every cloud there's like a silver lining? This yeah. is like the, the opposite of this that. This is the garbage crust. Yeah. Hey, friend. What's that about? What's that about, buddy? Yeah. Hey. You told us that. You gave us that piece of information, and we're not going to ignore it. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you're sorting out your sexuality. Cool. Or, or lack of sexuality. Awesome. Just as good. Yeah. Thumbs up. Great. All around. Uh, bouts of depression since J- July. We just talked about how you may think it's still May, but it is November. It is November. It is November. It's November. And that's uh, a long time to go through bouts of depression. Untreated. What you, what you doing, buddy? Yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, let's, uh, come a little closer. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Come hey. here. Have a seat. Uh, so first, I think it would be the first step. Because here's the thing. I'm going to assume that there's a reason why they are not treated for depression. Mm. Because, uh, again, our listeners are very smart. Uh, and if they have access to medical care, insurance, that sort of thing, I think that the first thing that they would do would be to seek out therapists and other kinds of uh, official mental help that deals with their their sexuality and etc. I think that this person has already probably done that. Yeah, I would think so. So th- there's there's a a reason why you're not. Yes, doing the thing. So let's talk about some things that you can do to feel a little more supported right now. And first of all, I think that the first thing you should do is seek out communities of ace people. Yes, that's a wonderful idea. Like, if you are, go on Twitter and find your community. Go on, maybe Reddit. Is Reddit okay? Uh, sub, some subreddits are okay. Yeah. I mean, look on Tumblr. Tumblr. Twitter probably yeah. has hashtags for this. Don't go on Pinterest. It's really just adorably packaged misinformation. Yeah, I would say avoid Facebook and Pinterest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say it might be time to seek out a group that you can talk with about your asexuality because there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. The problem that you're having right now is processing how society views you. It's not you are not wrong. Nope. Other people are wrong and bad. You are good. I completely agree. Correct. <laughs> I think you should also go to CaptainAwkward.com. Yeah. I haven't found many posts about uh, being ace mm-hmm. in, in my recent memory, but the community and moderated comments on that site about depression and friendships have always been so helpful to me. They're low-key the inspiration for this podcast, honestly. So uh, CaptainAwkward.com, good resource. Yeah, yeah. 
follow Mikey Face on Twitter. I was about to say Mikey Newman's amazing. Yeah, Mikey uh, is a friend of ours who uh, is a writer, creator, uh, YouTuber, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, he's ace and uh, he is uh, functional. <coughs> you can be a real life adult with problems and struggles and still achieve your dreams. And it's important, I think, to find people who are like you, who have a life that maybe you want. So Mikey is one of those people who's like super functional and productive and and awesome and cool and kind. And he has gone through his struggles and like talks openly about them. So I strongly recommend uh, finding your people, man. What else? What else? Make sure you're eating okay. You know, like cover all your dumb bases that every dumb person's dumb telling you to do. Oh, my God. You I feel so strongly about this. If you aren't getting the nutrition you need, if you're not eating food Mm -hmm. and if you're not sleeping and you're not drinking water, it is so much harder to take care of your mental health. And we're not saying this is going to fix things. No, I'm not saying like just drink some water and sit in the sunshine, do yoga. No. No, what I am saying is it is. Like, please do what you can to cover those three basic bases, because then you can approach the world with like your life, like a little more strength. And that's what you need. So, OK, this is all going to come together, I promise. But listen up. All right. So there's this new thing on the skincare market. I'm a skincare nerd. And there's this new thing on the skincare market, which is if you shine certain colors of light on your face, it can kill bacteria. I have one of those. How do you like it? I like it. That's cool. Yeah. So listen. I don't know if it works. But I enjoy doing it. So it does. The at-home... So so you generally you go into like... I promise this is going to come back to mental health. Just listen, okay? So if you go into the dermatologist, they'll give you like some serious fucking light that definitely works. If you have an at-home device, it's like 10% as good. However, it can build up over time. So if you do something that's 10% as good every single day... That that's as good. Yes, yes, yes. So like taking your vitamin D. All right. Like that's like five percent that will help you out. But listen, man, that's half of a of a letter grade. Okay, like an 80 percent is a B minus and 85 is a straight up B. Okay. right. So so for that works for mental health, too. All right. So just do all the little tiny things that you can while you are not currently capable of getting professional help. I love that. When, when you are doing, when you're taking your vitamins, when you're, you know, taking care of your sleep, you are depositing tokens into your well-being. Yes. And over time, you can cash those in for happiness. No, I don't know. But oh. <laughs> I really recommend doing the small things that you're capable of doing. I agree. Buddy, listen, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken and you don't need this best friend of 20 years to be around all of the time you know like you can let yourself go into your normal late 20s busy life as he also goes into his normal late 20s busy life um i think that the problem here is incompatibilities with your flight plans Mm -hmm. and it's not that he's doing something wrong yeah yeah i mean i think that's an excellent metaphor and it reminds me of top gun so you know i'm on board thank you i'm on board (laughs) Jen is about Top Gun the way I am about Die Hard, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We both have like um, our hyper masculine movies movies yeah. that we love. Top Gun is this mix of like toxic masculinity and also like really gay. Yeah. Yeah. So gay. It's so interesting. Die Hard doesn't have any gay in it, which is its, ma- its most, I think, important flaw. 
Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, it does feature a badass business bitch <laughs> who is just like, yeah, I changed my last name, ex-husband, and you're going to have to rescue me from terrorists in order for me to forgive you for all your garbage. And that's... I love it. So, okay, can I talk is about... Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It is. Got Let's it. talk about Die Hard real quick. Okay. Okay, so first of all, people think that Die Hard is a not a feminist movie because the lead... Char- spoilers lead characters get back together in the end after they divorced. Okay, listen, that's not anti-feminist. All right. Yeah, that's not anti-feminist. If you if if you are such a badass business bitch that you have to make your husband take down German terrorists in order to forgive him, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like she she did great. She did great. Yeah. And she also punched somebody in the face. That's awesome. Who too. deserved it? Yeah. It was very good. Anyway, Back to this question. I believe in you, Asker. I do, too. So, so much I believe in you. I have no doubts in my mind that you're going to be okay. And so often we are like, Asker, you're going to be fine. You're going to be okay. It's going to be great. We're not just giving you like a like a pat pap talk. Okay. Like we chose this question because we feel like we can put you in the right direction for you to help yourself. You are 100% capable of doing this. I mean it. Obama. I almost shouted Obama, Jen. No way. Yes. Wow. I felt a golden wave of Obama energy enter the room. My, my hair, our hair ruffled a little bit. It's almost like he bre- he was breathing in our direction. <sighs> He's be- breathing towards the Southwest. <laughs> okay, we have to wrap this up because this is clearly devolving. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, if, if you don't mind sending us a follow-up email at any point in time, yeah. we'd love to hear from you again. We really would. That would be really great because um, we were thinking about you, buddy. Yeah. All right. This has been Frenchman with Jen and Trin. You can follow us on Twitter at DoFriendship. You can uh, email us a question at friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever podcasts are sold. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing our garbage. Thank you to Alex Cox for maintaining the garbage studio. Thank you for Lauren Gallagher for doing just beautiful, fine design, non-garbage work all the time. Thank you to uh, Molly Lewis for her beautiful, perfect theme song and singing it. Uh, And you know what? Thank you for sending in questions and for reviewing our podcast. And thank you, Obama. And thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. New friendship at the problem.